0: Greetings, folks, and welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Bamba, and my guest today is none other than Borso Tal, freelance journalist in Senegal, Chevening scholar, and uh, she will be discussing with us the recent uprising in Senegal. Borso, it is a pleasure to have you on the podcast.
1: Thank you Bamba, and hello everyone. Always a pleasure to have you, uh, talk with me about uh, what's happening in Senegal. And, uh,
0: yes. Awesome. So my first question is, how are you? It's been a hectic few (laughs) days (laughs) (laughs) for everybody living in Senegal right now. You and I included, how are you? Mm -hmm.
1: I am doing as uh, great as I can. I have a uh, naturally positive uh, mindset about a lot of things in life. Um, trying to stay positive. It's mm-hmm. not positive out there, uh, but I'm trying to stay personally positive in order to step a little bit outside of the box and uh, kind of watch what's going on, mm-hmm. analyze and uh, talk to people. You know, I do, I'm just coming back from a round trip again, a shorter one this time, mm-hmm. it was just a three, four day trip uh inland and uh got back last night a bit tired but ready to go and uh i spent the day half of the day outside to see what's happening uh as the march there was a march schedule for today and it yes. was um unauthorized so no one was out and mm-hmm. i just wanted to see it with my own eyes uh what the mood was outside uh you know how are people going by uh the day mm-hmm. so uh, looking forward to the march tomorrow because
0: it seems like, and, and we will come back to, you know, give you a, uh, the trajectory of what happened, uh, mm-hmm. last week and this week, mm-hmm. right. But it seems like there is a kind of a normalcy, uh, in Dakar. Like people are out there, you know, uh, running errands, uh, most businesses are, uh, open, except maybe few mm-hmm. banks. But other than that, the chaos we noticed uh, last week is no longer there, right? Well, you know,
1: Tabaski is coming up very fast. Um, it's on the way. I think it's end of this month. Mm-hmm. So people are still uh, focused on that, even if political uh, matters uh, are on top of every talk right now. Um, as it's been the case for the past year. I don't know, I cannot even say a few weeks anymore. It's been always like, you cannot go in a group and talk and end the talk without mentioning anything political. There's no Mm -hmm. way that can happen in every conversation, at every corner of the city, of the country. You know, it's always before or even uh, at the end of the conversation, no matter what the topic was, uh, Sonko Makisal, you know, will always come back. Up. Yeah. But uh, Tabaski is coming up now, and I think people are kind of thinking about that as well. You have to buy the sheep. You have to, you know, uh, prepare clothing for the family. You have to uh, organize the house.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, families have are still mourning. Not even have yesterday and the day before uh, we saw families uh, bury their uh, children um, mm-hmm. dead from the riots, uh, and so families are mourning. Uh, But outside of the very dark, you know, uh, mood of this political uh, season, Mm -hmm. I think uh, people are just going on by their business because there is Tabaski coming up, but there's everyday life as well. Yeah. People live and they have to live. So it's just the day to day. Yeah. But the talk is still political.
0: Yeah. And I know we, I talked with you on my podcast, The Africanist, a few days ago, and I I was on the other side of the Atlantic and you mentioned Mm -hmm. when I asked you what is the sentiment like, Uh, what is the mood Mm -hmm. in Senegal like, and you said to me, psychosis was the most shared Mm -hmm. sentiment and me Mm -hmm. now being here, I can see it, I can feel it, right? And Mm -hmm. it's real. Mm -hmm. People are traumatized uh, or have been for the last uh, two years and what happened last week was unfortunately kind of expected. Now, yes. what what I want us to do mm-hmm. is we will talk about some of the events that led up to last week's uprising, okay? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. For, for the listeners who uh, are not aware of it, last week, uh, Senegal saw another a uh, popular uprising similar to the one of 2021, mm-hmm. and it was the result of the trial that opposed political opposition leader Osman Sonko uh, to Ajisar Masuz, who accused Osman Sonko of rape and death threats. Now, the case was tried last week, and. Osman Sonko was found guilty of uh, corrupting the youth. We will talk Uh more about that. But the rape charges and death threat charges were dropped. Consequently, he was handed a two year prison sentence. But also, uh, another person was also tried and sentenced. And that person is Ndaihadinyai, who is or was the owner of the massage parlor where uh, Ajisa, the accuser, uh, used to work at. And she was handed a two-year prison sentence, and she just appealed, actually, um, um, the sentencing, right? Now, prior to all of that, there were some interesting elements that led up to the sentencing and then subsequently the uprising. We will talk about some of those elements. So the pretrial events, what happened inside the courtroom, the outcome of the trial, including the deadly uprising. But I also will talk a little bit about the reaction of the people, especially uh, feminist movements in Senegal, uh, who seem divided actually, right about this, uh, this, this issue. Now, what I want to ask you is what happened weeks or days prior to the trial? We knew that usman Sonko retreated to Zigenshore, a city southwest of Senegal, where he is the mayor and some interesting mm-hmm. events happened there before Sonko was brought back to Dakar. Could you tell us more about what happened in Ziegenchor? Um
1: Maybe we can just take it back from, uh, remember I was in um, the Pays Basari when we mm-hmm. were last uh, talking. And uh, after that, I went to Zigenshore because uh, um, Sonko had been there uh, days before uh, to as a retreat. Uh, to retreat uh, while waiting for the trial uh, to happen or to, you know, um, and so he was there, protected by the people, um, and uh, a lot of noise around him staying in Zighanshaw. Why was he there? Uh, Why would he not stay in Dakar? Uh, Mm -hmm. Why why is he running away from Dakar? Uh, Is he running away from the trial? You know, a a lot of uh, rumors about uh, the trial making him afraid and wanting him, um, and making him retreat to Ziganshaw because that's where he feels more like home, etc., cetera, et cetera. But what people forget, actually, is that he's the mayor of the city, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where he gets all his strength from, basically, you know, that's the stronghold. Um, and he is the mayor of Ziganshaw. So what, what, how can we think that how can how abnormal can we think of him going to Ziganshaw, uh if this is his um, retreat zone as the mayor of the city? It's very normal for him to be there. Just basically very normal. He has his home there. Uh, he he was in his house and he was protected by the uh, people uh, in the neighborhoods and uh, even people coming from other regions of Senegal. His uh, supporters, there, right? His supporters, yes. When yeah. I was in uh, Zizigashort, I went to his house. I could not enter, as no one could at the time. And mm-hmm. just beating people outside. People were coming from Kaulak. People were coming from Jourbel, from any other. Uh, I've seen people just come from various regions of Senegal, all in support. But at the very beginning, it was just the people of uh, his neighborhood, Ziguinchor, mm-hmm. and then the neighboring villages. Women came from uh, Bignonna, uh to pray for him. You know, others came to cook for him and cook for the people around and just supporters around the house, uh, Mm -hmm. protecting the house so that the uh, police forces would not have access to him. Yeah. And then supporters just shielded his house, uh, like you say, and uh, for like two weeks, uh, they just stayed around until I think May 24th, when he decided to, um, I think it's May 24th, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: when he decided to organize a caravan. Uh, to say uh, hello to people and even cross the country because the trial was coming up, but also he was coming back to Dakar. Yes. So uh, that's how things started, I think, mm-hmm. to uh, just uh, sort of disturb the whole agenda that was uh, scheduled and for him and about him uh, in yes. the rest of the country because he was crossing Ziegenchor, uh all the way to uh, Dakar by car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, of course, he called it Caravan of Freedom yes and that meant a calling for people to join him on mm-hmm. the way and obviously as we have seen already uh, thousands of people are after him you know surround him whenever he is out so whenever he is out with the public he is the man of the public he uh, he belongs to the public who is uh, just of all ages young people older people um you know just everybody so we've seen the same scenes everywhere he crossed uh until he um I think it lasted two days.
0: Two days uh, yes of the
1: caravan. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then he was arrested and brought back to Dakar by force. Uh because I mean he, he was he was
0: he was given a right mm-hmm. to his home, right? Not not sent to yes, prison. He
1: wasn't given a forced right. No 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 he wasn't he wasn't taken to prison. Yes. Uh when he began the caravan the authorities took out a note and said that that caravan was undeclared, meaning that it was unauthorized because he did not ask for permission to do so. Mm -hmm. But then knowing Sonko and knowing the whole meaning of civil disobedience and the whole purpose of it in this context and understanding also why he would call it caravan of freedom, meaning that he doesn't feel free at all in this country, nor are his supporters. Uh, Mind you, uh, in the past... uh, days or weeks before the end of this trial um people were still arrested you know and uh, some people were in jail uh for previous uh, gatherings and, many, and 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 strikes and so on so he called it caravan of freedom for for a purpose and so two days after uh he began that caravan he was arrested and taken directly to his house and not to jail the caravan of freedom was stopped by the authorities because it was not authorized.
0: The other important element is that also while his supporters were shielding mm-hmm. his house for two mm-hmm. weeks, they mm-hmm. clashed with the police and the gendarmerie for two weeks. Oh, yes, the they did. The police tried and... to mm-hmm. enter Sonko's house and arrest him. There was a, a warrant for his arrest. And but, you know, they he... clashed with the supporters and they were not Uh able to do so. So they sent contingents of police and gendarmerie to Ziganshaw to arrest him, and they did not succeed.
1: I was on site when uh, this was happening. The police could not even get close to his neighborhood. That is important to say. That means how shielded the entire neighborhood was. It's not was it was just not uh, Soko's house. I had to pass many roadblocks and roadblocks made by not the police forces but by or the military but by the people themselves just to be able to get to his house Mm -hmm. so the whole neighborhood was just blocked uh they cut down trees in order to you know just to have that roadblock um and it was all protected
0: So they put you, you. You mentioned they 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 cut down trees and lay them across the streets, but also sandbags, right? Bricks, any obstacle they could find to Anything prevent the uh, police cars or the dragons Anything as we call find. them and from entering. They would,
1: uh, and they would, also exactly, and also uh, to in order to have gas to light their fires. You know areas where they lit fires uh or where they would burn tires etc they were stopping the motorcycles and sort of ordered them to give their gas like they would empty wow. the gas tanks of motorcycles wow. just so that they could get the gas and go use it so there was a moment gas uh, motorcycles were not passing by either mm-hmm. so you they see what they, i mean if they you pass use... by and you have no purpose you have no reason for being there they will not only chase you out, but they will also use your gas in order to, you know, to have enough to burn tires. Or if cars were passing by and they were, um, they had no reason for being there or they mm-hmm. were not authorized by the people to go around there, uh, they were just burned. So there were, uh, cars, um, you know, completely burned down. Yes. Uh, new cars. I, uh, I went there in the evening, uh, and the young people were just all in, um, Hiding their faces, they were all explaining to me you know why this car was here, uh, how it got caught, and uh, how but no human being was hurt. So mm-hmm. they don't hurt the people unless you resist. They don't hurt you. they just ask you to leave, and then they will burn.
0: yeah,
1: and th- I I spoke, and, uh, with, uh,
0: yeah. With, I spoke with some protesters who were in the and they told yeah. me that many of the young people who drove what we call the Jakarta. Which are mm-hmm. you so know motorcycle driving. that people drive uh, mm-hmm. uh, as uh, that they they taxi they use as taxis. They told mm-hmm. me that the young people who were not at Sonko's house or outside of Sonko's house, waiting and protecting him from the police, mm-hmm. those who were driving their motorcycle mm-hmm. were stopped and asked why they were not <laughs> by you know their side protecting the leader. Did you see anything uh, like that happen?
1: The people that I interviewed gave me the reason why. Uh, They were actually very mad at the people who were still driving their motorcycles. Now, uh, when you get outside of Dakar, the main uh, transportation mode in the regions and towards the villages and remote areas is the motorcycle, so that people listening to us will understand why the big presence of motorcycles in these um, parts of the country so in siginshore uh, the the main uh, transportation mode is the t- motorcycle so people use it at any time of the day uh, mm-hmm. to go from one place to another now the young people i met when i say young i mean people i uh, most of them are, are 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 young between the ages of probably uh, 17 to 23 24 and up you know but the ones at the first uh, part of the uh, roadblocks that i met they told me actually as i was speaking to one of them uh, one was coming back with a bottle of, of gas of or, uh, of petrol from a motorcycle he had just stopped and the reason being is that they're angry at the people who are still working while they are sacrificing their lives to stay and protect soko
2: mm.
1: You see what I mean? So they're mad. They're like, how can you uh, decide to go and keep working while we're here? So at the same time, it's important to highlight that the very people who were protecting Sonko also had their day jobs. Yes. So they were taking turns. Somebody who told me that they came from, you know, afternoon and they're going to spend the night. Others would come from night to the morning and others would come from the morning to the afternoon. So they had,
0: if I understand correctly, they had shifts, like three shifts, yes, night had, shift, like afternoon, afternoon, and evening, and, 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 and evening shifts. They
1: will just, exactly, they will have shifts. But the the interesting part of those shifts is that their jobs do not know their whereabouts after they leave the, the job.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So no one knows.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Somebody will go and work from one period to another. And then come back at Sonko's house and protect, you know, a fight if necessary. And the next day go back to work and nothing happens. So no one knows who was on site. Between themselves, they know each other. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, they don't. And when I was talking to them, Mm -hmm. to also protect their identity, Mm -hmm. I had to ask them to hide their faces. So that I would not, like, uh, I'm sure you've seen on social media, the videos I shared. Mm -hmm. Uh, Talking to some of them, the little bits that I shared uh, because of space, uh, I was showing feet, you know, uh, an angle that I was filming while talking to them. I even had coffee, cafe tuba with them uh, and we shared it and they talked. Uh, I witnessed one group who had not eaten yet uh, being uh, being served uh, and they ate and they talked to me and they shared their experiences where they were coming from. Uh, how they felt about the whole situation, and how much it it will take them, or how much worth it is to them to stay there and protect their leader, Excellent. and why they're doing it.
0: Yeah, you know, and 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 you so, know, you you mentioned something interesting: the fact that many of these protesters now cover their faces, which is to me something quite interesting because. I'm not saying it didn't happen in the past, but at the rate that we see people hiding their identity today, it's unprecedented, basically. And to me, that they're going to leave. Uh huh. Yes, that indicates how terrified and how also autocratic our governments has become. That they can go and round up people who post on social media, people who show their faces on social media criticizing the government. And the only way, or one of the only ways, these people can avoid prison or jail is to cover their faces.
1: And in that case, I think it's strategic on their end uh, mm-hmm. because they know that if they're caught, then they will not pursue their mission. Mm-hmm. So might as well play on the side where they will uh, protect as much as possible uh, by all means necessary, including hiding their faces. But the way they talked, is uh so uh strong and so confirmed in them that they're willing to die for this man and for the project. So I don't think they are afraid of showing their faces. I mm-hmm. think they just want to stay alive and stay um active on the ground as long as possible, because the moment that they are caught, the moment that they' are identified, that's the moment they will be caught. And as a matter of fact, very recently, we saw uh, one uh, video that was taken, one interview that was made by a an international.
0: Uh, that was Al Jazeera.
1: Yes, Al Jazeera.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and they uh, they interviewed a man. And mm-hmm. right when he was answering the questions and expressing himself, they caught yes. him right there and there.
0: Yep. He you didn't know, do so nothing. He didn't do anything.
1: No, he did not do anything. He was, he was just, just exercising his right to speak.
0: And he was talking to the Al Jazeera <laughs> correspondent in the car.
1: Exactly. And and, and uh, Nick Hak, who, who yes. was the correspondent, was just standing there, mm-hmm. unable to do anything simply because there is nothing to do. They are the police forces. They pulled his arm and they arrested him. And he so spent days the in So-co prison. Support, yeah, and so supporters understand that. So they know that they have to uh, work on their best ways to uh, stay alive and on the ground as long as possible, including hiding their faces. Yeah. But when they speak to you, you clearly understand uh, that their motivation has reached the highest level ever. Ever now, seen in Senegal, with my own uh, understanding of it.
0: Now, there was also a strong presence of women in Zigan You saw the women of the Bois Sacre showed up, this, they were singing songs, uh, also protecting their leader, but also bringing food to the people who were taking shifts to protect Sonko's house. What do you think of that women presence in the, given that this whole thing, because, you know, rape is a serious allegation and we've seen feminist movements in Senegal saying that this case, is negatively affecting women's rights, what do you see or how do you analyze that strong women presence in Ziguinchor and even outside of Ziguinchor, and this narrative of a segment of uh, Senegalese feminist organizations?
1: Okay. You know, before uh, national or even international law, uh, before women's rights and everything, there's tradition. And Zilian Shah, which is in Casamos, uh is a very uh, traditionally based environment, and in that tradition, women have a very powerful stand. Uh, for instance, since the 1980s, when the war broke uh, the, the uh, you know, civil war, not civil war, but when the war the broke rebellion from, yeah. um, the rebellion with the MFDC. Mm-hmm. Uh, broke between the state and the MFDC at the time to this day uh, but um, more so in the 1980s mm-hmm. uh,
2: it
1: was women uh, are known to have the last word so when there's when something happens mm-hmm. uh, when there is a, an outbreak of any sort uh, when women come out you hear population say oh les femmes sont sorties les femmes du bois sacré sont sorties les femmes de Casamos are out you know women of kasamas are out when and which means that when they do it's uh almost the end of some process leading to some mm-hmm. solution so uh women have a very powerful stand they are very powerful they don't speak much but they pray more and that's mm-hmm. what i saw when i was in zigansha at sonko's uh area mm-hmm. so already in the pit on the on the kitchen side women were there just cooking for everyone So as I was standing there, you would just see sandwiches, hundreds of sandwiches just going, you know, in in bags of empty rice, uh, empty bags of rice, uh, just bags of uh, bread sandwiches going out uh, and all cooked by women, all served by women. Uh, And men would just take it and carry it to the other um, people on the, the, you know, surrounding streets. Uh, Also something very interesting I saw there, very, very uh, fascinating to me. Uh, And this is prior to, this is after having met uh, the King of Usui, uh, which is one of the most traditional uh, villages uh, and kingdoms uh, in the region. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
1: I think Usui, the King of Usui uh, covers, uh, reigns over um, 17 villages, 15 in Senegal in the Usui area, okay, surrounding Usui, and two others in Guinea Bissau. So -hmm. this is a very strong uh, kingdom. Uh, in Kazamos, um, and I spent the day there before going to Sonko's house. Uh, not, I did not speak polit- politics with the king. I just went to visit him uh, as a respect to pay respect to his, you know, authority, and also just see the kingdom itself, what it looks like. You know, the the real bois sacré. It did not reach, of course, there as a woman or in, as any other individual would go there, but mm-hmm. just had the chance to sit with the king. And ask certain questions and get his advice about life in general.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and after that, that's when I went to Solko's, uh neighborhood. And mm-hmm. as I was entering the kitchen, I saw a tree where I saw um, just other pieces of wood uh, buried in the soil. So, you know, just like the Hambu, you know what Hambu is in Wolof, right? Yes, yes. It's uh, usually seen in the label. Yes, They're paying respect to their ancestors. ancestors. That's the thing, they pay paying respect mm-hmm. to their ancestors. So they had the presence of the ancestors in Sonko's neighborhood. They were chanting and dancing from inside.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: It was fascinating to see how, in the process of protecting their leader, Women particularly felt the need to pray and call on their ancestors for strength Mm -hmm. and for protection. So when I asked one of the ladies I met there, I was like, "Oh, is this the from the Bois Sacré?" And they said, "Yes, this is the women who came from the Bois Sacré from Bignona, you know." And it was uh, so they just carried their tradition to the neighborhood. So for weeks, you have to understand that this neighborhood. only belonged to Sonko and his people, basically. And I asked about the neighbors, and I said, so what happens to the neighbors? And uh, And they're like, well, the neighbors can come and go, but it has to be cleared. And that same evening I was there, some people were passing around, but they still needed to be checked.
0: So they needed, they were sure checking that. to make sure that there was oh, no... they were checking to make sure,
1: because, um, of course, for police, police, yes. Yes, because police could come as, uh, you know, as civilians.
0: Civilians, yes.
1: At some point, uh, those police forces even tried to enter the neighborhood through an ambulance.
0: Yes, using an do you ambulance how, to camouflage do, do, do themselves.
1: You, do, do, do you remember that, story that, that, yes. that, that news that was out? Yeah. Yes. So it was uh, <laughs> through an ambulance, they tried to camouflage, but they were quickly caught. And mm-hmm. again, they were all left. So during the time that Sonko was in his house, in Ziegensho, mm-hmm. no police for- forces were allowed. And the press was very limited as well, which is very uh, unfortunate for journalists because local journals mm-hmm. came to, rec- to, to cover uh, the, the events taking place, mm-hmm. but um, some of them were just taken away by the police themselves, uh, yeah. stating that they did not need to be around there uh, okay. at that moment, you know? So I went there as a, I used a lot of my social work background Mm-hmm. in order to talk to people yes i paid mind to what they were saying mm-hmm. uh and i explained to them that they could trust and talk uh and that i was making sure that uh, whatever they said to me uh i would just use what the people needed to hear yes. rather than with the intention of jeopardizing their security you know yes. and that was important for them to understand so that they could talk to me
0: mhm so you were because one of the know. rare journalists who yes had access yes. to the I, to the I, area uh, and the protesters yes in Zagreb exactly but
1: and again I was there as a journal but mostly I used my social work listening skills and this mm-hmm. whole attitude in order to get access to them
0: excellent. So after two weeks of trying to arrest Songko in Shor and failed, um, which was to be like a, a defeat for the government, you know, um, Sonko decided oh. that he was going to take the fight to Dakar because this is where everything happens. Dakar mm-hmm. is yeah. where the diplomatic representations are, the big businesses. Mm-hmm. So anything that hits uh-huh. Dakar, the whole world will know about it. So I guess it was strategic on his behalf to say that we are going to organize this freedom caravan or freedom ride from Ziguinchor all the way to Dakar. And like you explained a while back, on the second day of the freedom ride, Sonko was arrested, not sent to prison, but he was <laughs> uh, given a ride to his house and basically placed on the house arrest. So it's been, I think, uh, 12 or 13 days since then, and uh-huh. he uh-huh. still cannot leave his house. Nobody can go in or outside of the house, it seems like. And no, uh-huh. there has been calls for um, the government to lift um, the barriers around Songko's neighborhood. So his whole neighborhood uh-huh. of city Kirgurgi um, He's mm-hmm. barricaded, basically, and it's very difficult to access there. His lawyers cannot go in or out. They can't see him. And also in the process, when he was arrested, they seized his cell phones. I think four cell phones and two laptops. They seized that. Mm-hmm. And Songko uh, came out and made a statement and said that they seized his electronics. And that he doesn't know what the government is going to do with those things. Basically, they could frame him. Uh Tsongko was saying that, right? In in, in uh his public address. Yeah. That they could frame. Well you him. know
1: well, and, you know, from the very beginning, mm-hmm. uh any chances of being framed was out there for him. That's why he refused to give his DNA or to offer, you know, his DNA for any testing in the allegations of rape you know so he 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 saw any step of the government towards him as a threat uh, and he just did not trust at all so basically what's happening or what's been happening since he was forced back to dakar and uh, uh, you know uh, being securely put in his house and unable to come out of it since then is that it's just basic human rights for him and his family and the whole neighborhood, you know, basically, because it's uh, on his part already. Uh, he cannot come and go. He cannot see his lawyers. Uh, his relatives cannot see him either. Um, and there's no official document that proves that he is under house arrest. So at the very base of it, that's that's what's happening for the past few days. You know, Sonko is arrested. Uh, he is uh, given a two-year sentence uh, for the for a, a youth corruption and not rape and he's in his house waiting for his house arrest or for waiting to be given a, um, a, a warrant and even arrested but that's not happening uh, and he cannot come he cannot go he cannot welcome anyone including his lawyers or even his communications uh, team no one can have access to him uh, I think only one person or two, they've said in the news, in local news, I've read that uh, was able to go out to buy groceries and bring it back to the family. That's it. Outside of that, no one is able to go out, even uh, the cleaning people who are in his house. So even the, you know, the 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 family's um, cleaning service who stays with them cannot go and come. So this is clearly uh, and that's what's supported by the lawyers, uh, his lawyers. And any other expert that we get to hear from, uh, just basic human rights violations for him, his family, and the neighborhood. Because they cannot either uh, come and go or they have to be checked um, very vigorously before uh, coming inside the neighborhood or going out.
0: Now, many human rights organizations locally and internationally have been denouncing that uh, quasi you know, house arrest. The, the other thing is his sentence and he should be spending two years in prison, but they're waiting. Nobody, everybody's wondering when he will be effectively arrested and sent to prison. Uh-huh. And, and, and uh-huh. this situation reminds me of a wall of proverb that says, <laughs> basically stealing a drum is easy, but where to beat the drum is will be the problem, because I mean, when you beat it, I guess the owner will hear it and recognize the sound and will come back and claim his or her drum. And just Uh to say that applied to Sonko, it's easy to sentence Sonko, it seems like. But when, how and where to arrest him and send him to prison is going to be a big problem, because anything like that is likely to fuel another uprising. Although the Minister of Justice, Ismail Amadi Afal, said in a a statement that since Sonko is now sentenced uh, to a two-year prison term, he can be arrested anytime. But so far, that has not materialized yet. Now, let us move on to the trial and what happened inside uh-huh. the court. Okay. Sonko did not show up in court because he asked for guarantees from the government to protect his physical integrity. And why, because in previous court hearings about the case, Sonko was brutalized by the police he was even pepper sprayed at close range and that caused him a lot of health issues and he said that he doesn't want to go to court in under those same conditions when he is being told where to go or where not to go and clash with Uh the police he didn't want that Uh so he asked for guarantees from the government The government said, no, we're not providing any accommodation. So Mm -hmm. he was tried in absentia. Yes. Uh, So he
1: was tried in absentia. Mm -hmm. He was tried in absentia and it happened in uh, uh, last May 23rd. So remember, 24th is when he he was still in Mm Zighashaw, when the trial was taking place, was going on in Dakar. Mm-hmm. So twenty third, uh, he the trial uh, was done in Dakar, in absentia. He wasn't there, but his lawyers were. But because he was not around, the lawyers could not speak much. Yes, remember.
0: They yeah. can't. They cannot. They cannot speak. It's good to yes. make this precision because. Yes. yes, if you are tried in absentia, according yes. to the penal code in Senegal, Article three hundred eight of the penal code mm-hmm. says that if you don't show up. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, you run away or you decide not to in a criminal Mm -hmm. matter, your lawyers will not be given the floor. So basically, like you said, he was tried and his lawyers were not even there to defend him.
1: So 23rd is when the trial took place. Soko was not present. He was still in Ziegelschor. And by the end of the day, they postponed the results to June first, so like a week later. It's after that postponing, the twenty fourth, that he decided that he was going to go and uh, start the caravan of freedom. You understand? Yes. And that's when it began. And he was arrested two days later and forced back to Dakar. So that's how the path, that's how it happened, uh, from the trial to the um, arrest and back to Dakar uh, mm-hmm. trip for Sonko.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, the trial took eighteen hours. Eighteen hours. So Sonko wasn't there. The lawyers yes. were not there. His lawyers, but they had a who was was yes. there. But mm-hmm. she also was not defended by her lawyers. So mm-hmm. she ended up defending herself for eighteen hours. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm while being on an advanced stage of pregnancy. Mm-hmm.
1: That, interesting that thing was happened. very, mm-hmm. yes, that was that was a very profound uh, statement you just made because here is a pregnant woman for 18 hours, sitting down, standing up. No matter what happened, she was there defending herself the most. And uh, I think out of every memory, Senegal will remember.
0: Mm-hmm that moment yes. It's, it's very interesting, like Neha because sometimes she, she is the one who's forgotten about in this Sonko Ajisar equation. And she plays a, a huge role in the whole saga. Yeah, she but does. Most of the time, she doesn't come into the par view of analysts and, and, and things like that. But another important thing that happened is that while the trial was happening, because cameras are not allowed in there, there uh-huh. was a supporter of Ousmane Sonko named Fala, Fala Fleur. So that's her, uh-huh. um, she's very famous on social media uh-huh. and uh-huh. one of the most, I guess, recognized faces uh, when it comes to defending Usman Sonko. So she's a uh-huh. young uh, activist and supporter of Sonko uh-huh. who was tweeting and posting... Like minute by minute what was happening inside that courtroom. So most of the Mm -hmm. things we know about the Mm -hmm. trial came from Mm -hmm. uh, Fala Fleur. Mm -hmm. Now, unfortunately, uh, she was arrested last week and sentenced uh, to prison this week. So as we speak, Mm -hmm. she is in prison. prison She's quite unfortunate and I hope that Feminist organizations and other human rights organizations will, you know, defend her uh, because I think she played a very important role in this trial. While, you know, she was doing that, we've gotten mixed messages from some of these uh-huh. media uh-huh. that was supposed to give us this kind of information, but they failed in their, in their mission.
1: Well, you know, uh, you know, um uh uh-huh. you know fleur fleur before i see the woman tweeting uh live second by second we should even exaggerate because she gave herself uh out there uh trying to show to share what was happening mm-hmm. uh fleur fleur before and her name fleur 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 is flower in english uh she's a flower she's a plant uh mixer she mixes plants and makes beautiful bouquets and sells them I remember her personally because she sold me with, before she even became so uh connected politically.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh she used to sell me plants. Floriflora used to sell me um mm-hmm. beautiful bouquets, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh
1: I have memories of her just the day before. No, last week I was on travel. Last week um I saw while uh just cleaning up my storage room, I saw uh some of one of her decorations. Um mm-hmm. and I just smiled. Uh, You know, and then quickly just had a thought for her being in uh, detention now for simply exercising her right
2: Mm -hmm.
1: to just come and go, her right to get into court, her right to report, because if uh, the uh, authorities were to refuse complete access to the uh, court, they could have said no to um, cell phones. But seemingly, if she had her cell phone, that meant that she could you know, tweet about what was going on. And she wasn't alone. We no. had other journalists who were also uh, in court uh, tweeting about this. So mm-hmm. these were people who were just there. And Falla Fleur just happened to be one of uh, the very famous ones. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, uh, she was exercising her right to get into court as a civilian, uh, sit down, report, because she still had her phone with her wh- about what was going on, she was very vocal. She's been very vocal since the very beginning. Uh, she is one of those who truly believed that there was no rape um, case, no serious rape case uh, regarding Sonko. And today, the judges gave right to that, and uh, you know, sentenced Sonko for youth corruption instead of rape. So all that put together, I, I just to remember Fallafleur as a plant seller and a strong woman who has. A business trying to run her business and just uh, being famous for that. She has a very strong social media uh, presence, um, and most of what we see outside of her uh, stand, political stand, which she also has the right to have, uh, she sells plants. That's how I see Fala, and unfortunately, she is in detention now for being uh, for having a stand. Uh, most likely in detention because she's against. Um, the the government stand. Let's say it. Let's just say it. Mm-hmm. You know, whoever is uh, not for Sonko, uh, whoever is for Sonko has uh, higher chances of being um, arrested
2: mm-hmm.
1: and even arrested and just disturbed, you know, whether you are going to face uh, direct charges or you're just going to be arrested and then released like it was the case yesterday the day before yesterday and yesterday for um in the, the, okay mm-hmm. uh the model, uh she just showed a video where she expressed her feelings about what was going on, and then she was arrested
0: she was arrested so yeah.
1: those are the things that we have
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh going on in the country if you are pro sonko uh, and you happen to show it, then you're going to be in trouble most likely, and that's what happened to Salafleur, and this is not her first time in 2021 as well she was facing uh, difficulties uh, for she having the stand in favor of sonko
0: she almost lost uh, an eye in in the in, yes, like she, a couple yes, years ago yes, yes exactly she has she had and... we still
1: have images of of mm-hmm. her uh, blue eye um and uh, yeah those are the memories we have but at the end of the day Fala is a mm-hmm. strong businesswoman and today again we find out that uh, she is uh, in detention for having a stand that's yeah. against the
0: um, regime. Yeah, and, and, and there are other women also who, just like Fala Fleur, who suffered the same predicament. I can think of Bintu Samuel, yeah, who was Bintu who had a, you know, a, a toddler. Have...
1: Yes, exactly. And uh, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, camp- a campaign was done in her favor
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, because of her child. and that did not move the authorities one bit you know so here we have uh a a justice system that seemingly is not aware of the difficulties people they have in detention go through their their families you know themselves Mm uh like you say that uh that bintasambu had a toddler has a toddler um the there was a the, uh, this this other journalist uh who is said to be pregnant as well i think she's pregnant joe
0: mandela who is also yes. um, still in prison yes very recently yes uh-huh. but sambu?
1: out of all the um uh, press houses yes to sambu uh she's no, 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 Sambu was not a journalist
0: no no she's not she was yeah, she's... she's a teacher no but she's sambu
1: was not yes, yeah, she's a teacher yeah, but I know her Della? personally.
0: She, journalist. We went oh, to IGB okay. together. So I know her. Oh, Even Fala Fleur was at UGB Yes, around the exactly. same time I was there, a, but I didn't know her. I think her. she
1: studied law. Uh-huh, yes. She studied law. Uh, mm-hmm. She says it on her social media yes. uh, handles. So uh, what I'm trying to say is that uh, Pap Ndiaye is a journalist still in jail. Uh, he's been the longest right now after Pap Alignon, who's also freed under condition uh but my point the point i would like to make is that most of the journalists currently or who have already been in jail come from wolf tv wolf ajri and that mm-hmm. is important because wolf is known to be uh that uh press house completely mm-hmm. and always against uh the the government
0: the, re- the rebellious press house <laughs> the rebellious media <laughs> yes
1: we can call it that way uh, first it was with Sidi Laminas, who passed away in 2018 mm-hmm. uh, and now his uh, son is the uh, d- he's the director and uh, the same spirit is there uh, wolf is the first to be on site when something happens is the one who shares the absolute details of things that mm-hmm. happen and uh, who is always uh, oppressed as well when um, when it doesn't go along the way uh, as ex- the, you know that is expected by the government Yes. and now what we're seeing is that for several times wolf tv have been uh, has been uh, disconnected by cnra who is the agency in charge of monitoring uh audio, or, you know uh, audiovisual uh, the whole um, um the media. Uh, TV, radio the media yeah. altogether and so uh, cnra uh, b- blocked uh, or cut off their their signal they cut off their signal a couple of times uh, and the recent one was very recent. I think it's still it's still cut off.
0: Yes, it is, is still cut, cut off, off right now. Mm-hmm, wealth is cut we off speak.
1: again. It was out. know. it was it was on for a few days and then bam, it just cut off. And so and right now they're calling for support to wealth. And interestingly enough, whenever wealth is cut off, their online presence is like increased tremendously. Mm -hmm. You know, they have thousands of people following them in just one day,
2: Mm -hmm. uh,
1: whenever uh, the news come out that um, their signal uh, is off. So so basically cutting off their signal is just giving them more power online and everything (laughs) goes on social media right now. Everything is happening there. I mean, we have to highlight in this talk the absolute regard or the absolute power that should be given to social media in this whole process uh, since uh, March, especially the Twitter line. It's amazing how, uh, so Senegalese people and the diaspora on Twitter shared every bit. You just mentioned Falafleur, you know, who shared on Twitter uh, minute by minute, everything that was going on in court. Uh, Other people will share by the second, everything that comes out and mostly and recently, and that's what shows the world what's happening, is that whenever there is a um, an official communique about some event, give them a minute, the social media will come out, people on social media will come out and give the opposite and with proof.
0: They will fact-check everything. Yeah. Yes,
1: fact-checking is not done by journalists alone anymore. No. This is so fascinating <laughs> to watch. It you is. know it's, it's just like amazing to see how people will just of course next to it there's a huge uh, uh you know land for um uh, misinformation fake news yes, you know yes. etc
2: mm-hmm. but
1: uh, you just as a journalist now that's that that's where our role comes in to check double check and make sure that we're not sharing the you know the wrong information
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> that.
0: Folks, uh, that was the first segment of my conversation with Borsotal. So tune in for part two of the interview, which will be uploaded uh, in a couple of days. In the meantime, stay safe and healthy, and I will get back uh, with you soon with chapter two of the conversation with Borsotal. <laughs> Kondjamu Africa, mom layyan, mane jamu Africa, mo
1: tange.